Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'm delighted to say we're on episode number 28. Um, my next guest is an ex-professional rugby player turned yogi, adrenaline junkie. He's spent the last 10 years working alongside sports professionals and some of the most respected pioneers of human performance, getting actors movie ready and athletes game ready, experimenting with meditation, breath work, calisthenics, capoeira, and beloved yoga. His coaching will take you on a journey of self-discovery giving you all the tools to unlock and develop your full physical and mental potential. Richie Norton, welcome to the podcast, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I always feel very grateful and honoured to be uh, described like that. I realise that I've put a lot of those words together, but it's, it's always a pleasure to be able to share some space and some stories and tell a few tales um, based on that journey of getting to where I am now. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the kind intro. Brilliant. Um, so, Richie, I'm sure your CV is full of life experiences and expertise. But what I try and do at most of my guests, if we're to start at your childhood, can you tell us a bit about growing up and to where you're at today or what your growing up was like your childhood? Um, so I wouldn't say it was normal. Uh, I think that's probably quite clear from the get go. I, I was born in Leeds. So uh, technically, I'm a Yorkshireman. Uh, very proud of that heritage, by the way. Um, but before I was one, I was moved to the Middle East. So I, I lived out in Saudi Arabia. My dad worked uh, offshore quite a lot. He was uh, so we were living in this expat community. Um, actually, I had my first birthday where I am now in Sweden, which was you know mixing things up a little bit. So a lot happened in my first year. Um, but uh, for the first few years, I was living in an uh, English American speaking community, expat community, uh, living by the beach. I had a pet camel, um, ride road motorbikes from a very young age, as soon as I could stand up on one, sit, up on, sit on one, should I say, and loved the ocean from a very early age. It was surrounded by lots of uh, athletic people, beach rugby. Um, rugby on the sand um, and yeah lots of life outdoors so you know you, you could probably look back at those early years and, and be very clear why I've chosen the path I have now because um, I was exposed to the outdoors and all of those great things from a young age um, before I moved back to I guess the world I know now uh, back in the UK where I um, finished off my early primary school and then went to high school and went through the, the process of college. But it was still running through my veins from a very young age that I realized I needed to stay active. I love the outdoors. Uh, I loved action. I loved sport. I loved physical and mental challenges. And yeah, through the ride of that crazy childhood where I was still trying to figure out what my path was. I knew under, under, underneath what it was, but I got pulled into the system 
and I um, yeah got a little lost. Uh, but luckily, rugby was the the shining light for me and, and got me through, and and that eventually kind of pulled me out. So um, yeah, in short, the the childhood was was all over the place. I travelled a lot when I was a kid. My uh, my parents were great about showing me the world and showing me different sides to it, different places, different lifestyles, different cultures. And when I eventually came back to the UK, it was rugby that gave me uh, a place where I could feel it was my own. And um, it's eventually what took me around the world when I was, I was eventually set free from college. I went to go and play in New Zealand and when I was 19 and that opened up the world to me and I, I carried on traveling for the next few years around the States playing rugby and coaching. And that was kind of my education really. And the short story is, and the reason I am where I am now is it wasn't a smooth run. It was, it was that childhood of thinking I was going to be a professional sports person and had a career in sport. And that's all I ever wanted to do either that or become a firefighter and, and, and be a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, the injuries from a very early age plagued me to eventually ended the career a lot earlier than I expected. And yeah, that's the, probably the shortest version I've ever told of that story. But like a lot of kids, we, we have dreams, don't we, to become something or maybe we don't know, but we, we hope we can figure it out and um, we hope we can make sense of it. And it doesn't always pan out that way. But I like to think those struggles are now are now my strengths and what I'm very open to share was a very challenging tough time uh transitioning but it's put me in the path I'm, I'm on now and i'm hopefully helping others find their way you know where they might have got lost or just need a change of direction yeah i'm rich so yeah i don't know if that answers the question or not but that gets yeah. in a nutshell where that, I am. Thanks, for, thanks for the short version as you say and um, richie if if we go back to when you were 18 and coming out of school did you always have the traveling bug? If that's what made you want to play rugby abroad or how did that come about? I, I love traveling. I think if you're exposed to it from a young age, you kind of like become familiar with it. It's not intimidating, it's not scary. It's like you're, you're really excited about changing the environment and it, when it becomes part of what you do every year, going to a different country. Um, I mean, even back then, I'm showing my age now, but you know, we didn't have phones. We didn't have Google Maps. We didn't have instagram to you know to look at where we were you know where we wanted to go um all i knew is that rugby was giving me some discipline it was giving me a place to let off some steam but it was also something i had a talent in that you know gave me a sense of direction so when i combined the two uh i always dreamt of the idea of playing overseas and traveling a little bit but rugby and school kept me pretty grounded you, you know you don't go, tend to go traveling now do you till you finish college or university right um but at, at 18 19 i was probably really rebelling against the school system and really wasn't feeling my place was in an academic path i had no interest in going to university i just thought i'm just going to play rugby i'm going to do sport um i was just very lucky to to get recognized as a talent and being given an opportunity where they realized if they didn't choose that moment i might have thrown it all away so it was a it was a moment where i was it was in the balance because i was getting caught up in things that probably weren't going to steer me down the right path um 
and it was that break to go to New Zealand, which is obviously quite a big jump from playing in the UK in the in the UK um, leagues. That showed me a way out of it. And as you know, if you you don't need to have to I guess know about rugby, but to know New Zealand's reputation in rugby is highly respected. But also, New Zealand as a place is one of the most incredible places on the planet. And it's uh, it just opened up the doors of what was possible and yeah that just tapped into my underlying desire to go and see more of it and do more with that opportunity do more with that gift yeah. and to yeah not not waste a single second of it and richie I, i'm very fortunate myself i actually got to go to new zealand with my fiance at the start of the year and we camper vaned around the north and south island which is pretty cool um when you got there did did you open up your eyes and say, I'd love to make a home here? Or was it always your idea to stay there for a couple of years and then move on? It wasn't even on the cards to be there two years or a year at the time. It happened so quickly. I just finished the season. Um, I was playing and my contract um, was with Chester Rugby Club at the time. And they just basically said, would you like to just carry on and do a season? in New Zealand in our UK off season. So I was just literally going to jump into the next season in the Southern hemisphere. And it was basically like a, you know, like you'd see a scholarship maybe, or an opportunity just to do a trade. I just had to get a, a working holiday visa and the, the club was, was sponsoring me. So that was technically like a, back then it was six months and then potential to, to review it, to stay on, depending on what the scholarship would be or the, the contract. But at 19, you still class as a cult, so you're still in the juniors, as they see it. And it wasn't until I got there, and it was a baptism of fire, because it wasn't as you would normally maybe see now, where you just get maybe paid a, you know, a, a fee, and then you play, and you, that would be your job. You train, and you play, you train, and you play. But I got there, and I was working on a farm, and I had to kind of earn my keep. So I was shearing sheep for the first six months and I was like carrying logs and wrestling cows and riding horseback. You know, you could do a movie about just that one six month chapter, but it wasn't until I met the people and I got to know the culture and I just became part of, you know, everyone's family. You just, it just became a second home. And I, I probably grew up 10 years in six months yeah. and that made it very easy to want to stay. So I got another contract in another club, uh, which was through a friend of another friend. The the season went really well, and it, it just you know one one season, one experience moved into the next one, and then two years later, you just feel like it is home. And I actually only came home because of something happening within with my family, in my uh, in my family life that needed me to come back. And it it was such a big move back then that the move back just never happened. So, um, yeah, that's when I went to America and I played out there and exhausted that visa. And then I went to go and play in, in, uh, in the UK for a little bit, but then injuries were just becoming a bigger and bigger problem. So I looked for another way out. Um, I got to play in Portugal as a player and as a coach, but then it was that the writing was on the wall. The things were just getting worse and worse. So, that's when uh, it started to get pretty scary because I had no fallback plan. 
And Richie, just on that, um, when you were going through your journey with rugby, did you, or did you get any advice at the time to maybe upskill your education? Or was that when you were like, you were listening to your body with injuries and go, there's something around movement here I can definitely get into? Um, I think even back then, again, sounding like I'm really old, but it's, it, I'm not, it's more, you, there's only a select few and it was used, there were super high profile people that looked like they were going to be able to transition and carry on in the sport, either as a coach or as, you know, a commentator or someone that worked in TV. Um, we didn't really get any support or coaching. It was still, it all still felt very amateur, semi-professional, professional, whatever those higher leagues you were in you were just like, once you were spent, you were kind of spent unless you were like headhunted for a particular role because your profile was so high. I wasn't one of those super high profile people. And it was just me and hundreds of other people that were going through that transition that just had to do their best, put their body and their mind on the line. And hopefully you got through and got a good innings. But as we know, the more physical and hardworking, you know, our bodies are, the more beat up we're getting and the more wear and tear that's happening. And that's physically, emotionally, and mentally, as we can see in just the professional games now. So, you know, to answer your question, it, 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 we, we had no real guidance unless you were those top, top people that were already being primed for the out, you know, your next chapter. Most people just just got, you know, booted out. Contracts didn't get extended, told it was over. Doctors wrote you off or you got too old and you couldn't play anymore. And, you either had to fall back on skills um, that were you know, adamant in your ability, your previous uh, education that they were, you might have done quite well. And rugby was always just a sideline for you. You were just good at both. Or people like me who'd set their whole heart on it and just lived and breathed their sport or their dream. You, you left in a very lonely, dark place. And, you know, especially being on a pedestal or seen as somebody that was going somewhere and all of a sudden that that's taken away, you know, your ego obviously is one thing, but you know, your pride and being a guy, it's not something you can always talk through with someone. So you end up probably floating around and having to just try and figure it out and do what you can. And hopefully you find your place, but that obviously that's not always the case. And Richie with, um, if, if we fast forward to, I suppose, the end of your rugby career was it your decision to hang up your boots or was it an injury or did you just want to get out of it um well i was just getting angry and frustrated because i couldn't make it through a game you know i had all this ability and i had all this you know hunger and uh you know potential put in front of me and opportunities put in front of me and i couldn't fulfill them so it was just becoming more and more frustrating to to eventually i just end up just you know, just losing it and um, yeah, just lack, lack of structure then because you weren't playing, you weren't able to like let off that steam and, you know, do what you've always done, you know, and the fact that it just gets slips away from you. I, eventually I was just uh, calling it and not able to do um, my duty, let's call it. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it was me. No one told me, but it was more a case of, like, you're injured. You can't play. Can you? No. You know, so it's a realisation that I think a lot of professionals or people in the sports world have to face at some point. They're out of the game for a little while, little while 
How did they transition? What do you learn? Can you learn from this? Can you rebuild? What's the process? What are my options? And how do I tackle this in a way that allows me to keep moving forward positively? It's not always that clear for everybody. And an example of myself, which maybe a lot of people who listen to stories like this would relate, you just have to remain optimistic and you know, swallow your pride a little bit, but just ask for help and you know, explore what it is you, you are good at and what you do enjoy and what you are, you know, what value you do carry, what resources you do have, and you know, where can you make a difference? Where can you share these skills and this experience in areas that will bring value to other people? For me, that wasn't a quick realization. And you think of everybody in the sports world or anybody in a professional world that's had a, had a certain role for a certain amount of time. There's a lot of things you learn in that role that will be of value to other people going on that journey themselves, where you'll be able to maybe help them make less mistakes and give them insight and knowledge and advice and coaching to learn from your mistakes and help them excel in theirs. And that was where the coaching vision came around. Um, not that I've ever stopped playing rugby in my mind <laughs> uh, and not wanting to be competitive. But I think if you, if you realize we all have this, this ability to have a purpose and a, you know, bring a vision to life, it's such a great way to wake up every day and to carry yourself in that positive mindset, knowing that you have the ability to do something great. Yeah, I love your, I love um, your optimism, Richie. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's infectious. And I suppose then, Richie, when you, when you hung up your boots, was, it, um, was there opportunities calling or is that where fitness and well-being came about? What was next? Um, so a few coaching opportunities were laid out in front of me, but I, I was too sore, too proud, and felt like I was too young to go into that role, I just got frustrated because I couldn't play. And it, it, I felt like I could. It was almost like, uh, it, it was like a handicap, you know, and I just wasn't, I just didn't want to be around it at all. I actually walked completely the other direction. I actually moved away and, and I, I just, I got super rebellious and just got a little bit lost. Um, I mean, I, I went to, I went partying in Ibiza for a summer thinking, you know, well, I've not done this. I missed out on all this fun. I'm just going to like make up for it now. You know, I had, you know, money in my pocket and I had, you know, I, I felt like I had lots of time on my hands. I thought, right, I'm just going to have some fun. Uh, as much as it was fun, it didn't leave me any clearer on my direction. It wasn't until maybe a couple of years living in London, just getting by, doing, uh, I worked in property for a little while. I thought I'd work in, put my money into investments and I thought I'd just look at, you know, being wise with my money and, you know, go into the world of business because that seemed to work for a lot of people. You just need to know the, the systems and have the right connections. And I tried that for two, nearly three years in London, but also lived the London life of just never really sleeping and never really stopping and just burning myself out. And if we've ever been close to burning out, anybody that has been close to pushing it too far, you deplete your energy mentally, physically, emotionally, and it can leave you in a very dark, lonely, confused place. And I had to go there before I was able to just get a little bit of clarity and realize something needed to change. It needed to be something major 
Otherwise, I was going to end up in an even worse place. And it was that wake up and someone and a few people going, you're wasted. You need to do more of your life. You, you, there's so much more you can be doing with your time. And again, that's why I feel people can help people and that we can all look out for each other. And there's always that opportunity to do something great for somebody else when you see their value, just to give them a little bit of a head start or a nudge and a, a push in the right direction. And I jumped on a plane to Sydney. I went as far away as possible. I moved to the beach. I got a surfboard. I said, I'm going to learn to surf. I'm 30 years old at this point. I'm going to get a job. I got a job in a bar. I, I uh, found a yoga class that I thought I'd try out. I surround myself with good people and I just got in nature and I just disconnected from all the stuff that was just completely just um, consuming me living in London. And I found space. I met one osteopath and a yoga teacher who knew my journey and knew the injuries but also then used a language that I'd connect to as a rugby player, no fluffy yoga chat, nothing too spiritual, nothing too technical, just broke it down into some simple practices just to go back to the basics. Things I'd completely neglected and my body started to heal. I started to repair all the injuries that I'd had in my career. I got better at becoming more in touch with my body. I became better at sharing my feelings and I became clearer at expressing myself. And I started to just feel healthier physically and mentally and emotionally. And that was the journey of rehabilitation and finding this other side to what life is and what life can be. And as a coach now, all I'm doing is sharing the journey that I've had, the ups and downs of it, the ins and outs of it. And, you know, it's become apparent over the 10 years that I've been doing that, that everyone's in a similar stage of life. We all go through transitions. We all have to step away from the routine a little bit to make sure we know where we are and that we're happy with that place and know that we can always make changes. And we always have the ability to simplify things and to go back to the baseline, to change our environment, to change our friends, to change our work. If we just start to tune into what really matters and what's important. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, a, it's an amazing story, Richie. And I suppose just, just kind of a specific question on that. Um, how important do you think is having your body right or physically healthy to, I suppose, your mental health? The, the two come hand in hand without a shadow of a doubt. As, as a physical trainer, my first role was a, you know, as a personal trainer was I found real joy in physically training myself and the feeling I got from lifting weights and moving my body and also then realizing I had the power to repair it once I knew what to do. So educating myself gave me confidence, gave me hope. So that was, a, that was a mental positive change of my attitude of physical training. That's the basics 
of what I find physical training actually is not just it strengthens your joints and helps keep your muscles strong and healthy, looking at longevity of a healthy body, repairing a broken, worn out body, how to do that. The physical feelings that you get from being in control and feeling strong and feeling supple, feeling flexible, feeling capable, no matter what age you are, that's empowering. Empowerment leads to you feeling more confident. It gives you hope. It gives you a direction. It gives you the sense of control. And then you can use that to then carry it into how you interact with others, you know, how you talk about yourself, you know, your ability to function at a high capacity mentally, physically, and emotionally. So your mental health is directly affected by you taking care of your physical health. And if you can't mentally get yourself in a, in a good place or you could get caught out by something that mentally affects your health, physical training, physical movement, physical action can help snap you into the right flow. Just like if you're not physically feeling capable, you're injured, you're not able to train yourself physically, breath work, mindset, meditations, mental practices can allow you to tune into being more aligned, more primed, more optimistic, more prepared to get back on the path of physical training. So both feed into each other depending on where you are. So there is technically no excuse for you not to work on yourself every single day, physically or mentally. It's just what practices and what tools are the right ones for you. Yeah. And that's what's worth going on the journey for. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant to get a, a really good insight, Richie, um, to your, your, I suppose, your thought process and your physical thought processes, I suppose. Um, so what was next after Australia when you found yoga, you start repairing your body, where you just coach people and help people, or I suppose, what was next? Well, the, the, the Sydney chapter, I, I just tried my hand at a few different things, exploring physical training uh, a little deeper than just the PT. I actually went to college uh, in Sydney and studied uh, physical coaching practices and also the art of capoeira and teaching capoeira, the, the martial art that really put me in my place because you know it's no joke and it's such a beautiful art form but also i never physically being challenged that much aerobat aerobatically and um combining dance music you know aerial movement um i'd never been in such great shape just a few weeks into this capoeira practice but that then led me into a different angle, different space of movement practices. So that got me into calisthenics. That got me into gymnastics because it's something I'd never done. I'd just been a gym monkey, you know, lifting weights and just smashing my body up. Movement in, in a more fluid, more natural way gave me that sense of freedom, but also flow that I'd never experienced before to be what I felt was a more natural organic mover more in touch with all these body parts and these joints that 
do so much for us but often get neglected or get worn down because we're not looking at the full spectrum of what our body is capable of so that on top of learning about nutrition and the different you know um uh, practices when it comes to how to fuel your body fasting and nutrients and you know different body types and biodiversity and gut microbiome and all these words that you hear thrown about right now i knew nothing about that australia was where that came into my space so three years later i came back to the uk and nobody was talking about it just a rare few because this was you know 10 years ago it, you know there's a lot's happened since then and i just started to share it with 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 people i came into contact with i picked up some private clients they became my my subjects and i just turned them into like the best functional all-round healthy human beings as i could and, and word of mouth got around and that's how i started to work with more high profile people because it was new and it was different and it was refreshing and it was fun and that took me on the path of learning deeper and deeper I guess there are different aspects of what makes an overall all-round healthy balance that's more than just being in the gym smashing weights looking aesthetically great but looking at the internal function of a human and their environment and their lifestyle because then I realized how powerful the shifts and the changes the transformations can be when you get that all in balance and, and that had been overlooked by pretty much everybody. So, um, I was grateful to be in a place where I could you know, really make a difference. Yeah. And yeah, brilliant. Each and chapter is a, <laughs> each yeah. year is a different chapter. Absolutely. And Richie, is that how I suppose the strength temple came about? Or I, I suppose the deeper question I'd like to ask is, I know, especially for, from being a business owner and entrepreneur, it can be a lot challenging finding balance in your own life and your business life. How did you find that journey? Well, that's been the biggest lesson is, is realizing that you, you can create pretty much whatever you want. If you're, you're driven, you're enthusiastic, you're clear, you're passionate. Um, I, got to the point where there weren't enough hours in the day for me to work anymore. And also I realized that there was more people I could be helping that I couldn't help because I was so busy with PT clients. And the strength temple was, you know, the, the, the idea of creating a business from my PT or should I say coaching structure that would hopefully encapsulate all of these different strengths so it's not just physical it's mental emotional spiritual strength and helping people tap into that but helping them find different ways to relate or connect to it so your strengths are really what keep you moving forwards what help you work through challenges what allow you to maybe find you know what your true calling is and if you don't have an area of strength or don't feel strong or capable in that space you have the ability to train yourself to become strong and to become capable and to become more resilient and sometimes that's facing fears and 
overcoming obstacles and challenges. Strength and wisdom comes from those challenges. So I thought, well, let's create the strength temple and it'll become this, this, this space for a resources for people, whatever they're searching for, I'll be able to help them connect the dots. So the business and the coaching and the mentoring and the travel and the, the online courses and the, you know, using the different social media platforms, it happened very quickly and felt very overwhelming very quickly and just a real beast to try and master. And I still haven't mastered it by the way. It's just more, my heart was in the right place. I was really following my passion. I was really enjoying learning about that whole space. And I just wanted to share it with as many people as I could come into contact with. Then came the blog, then came the website and the links and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the YouTubes, creating content and sharing the story authentically and organically as best I could staying true to the reason I started in the first place. And I really do believe, you know, entrepreneurially, if you have your heart in the right place and you're going to bring value to others and you're doing what you love, as cliche as that might sound, you're on the right path and you'll find power and strength and determination even it means really shaking up your world and changing up what you've been doing and what you know so well, it's a good way to start a more purposeful and proactive and happy life. As simple as it might be, wherever that might be starting from. And I'm still on that journey. I'm just trying to tap into different things and keep an eye on technology and platforms and, you know, keep making friends and opening up my network and hopefully changing lives in the process. And I think if you've, you've got a, a purpose or a mission that's along those kind of lines, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And Richie, it's great to get such in depth um, there. What does success, it's kind of a big question, but what does success mean or look like for you? Success. I, mean, I feel like I've been asked this question a few times. Mm-hmm. I'll probably always give a different, a slightly different answer. But success is being happy. Success is you know, feeling that you've, you've done your best. Success is getting to uh, a way of life or an existence or creating a lifestyle that is bringing value, um, being kind, uh, enjoying what you do every day, and feeling fulfilled and that you don't have regrets, that you've done your best. You know, that I think if you can wake up and go, I can't wait for today, I wonder how much I can do with today. What can I, how can I improve on yesterday? You know, and also, you know, looking around you and knowing that you're doing what you can for others and taking care of yourself and that you've been able to create the best possible body, mind that that you possibly can do. You know, this is the core of, of success because that then manifests into how you function with other people, how you 
train other people, how you bring others through the ranks, how you bring up your kids. It's the morals are all set in the right place. The values are set for the right reason. And then, you know, that's success to me. Brilliant, man. It's a, it's a, it's a super answer, a really great explanation of it as well. Um, Richie, would some of the coaches or mentors you've met along the way on your journey, um, do you remember or would you, is there one that stood out to you? Like what would be one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Maybe it, was, it wasn't a coach, maybe it was a family member, but is there any piece of advice that have stuck with you on your journey? Oh God, I've, I've had so many great coaches or great mentors. Um, oh God, wow, this is a big one. It's a tricky one because there's so many different people that spring to mind that I'm so grateful for coming into my life. And I think if I align all of their messages, it comes down to actually being yourself and not being controlled by anybody else or any other energy in your life and to tap into the feeling of why you're here and what's a great way to carry yourself through life making sure you don't have any regrets and don't waste any time so to you know make that even clearer a lot of my mentors have, have pulled me up on the fact that I've tried to compare myself with others and achieve what others have achieved because it looked good or it sounded good or that was a nice vision. But you can get lost when you're on a, a mission like that. So the advice has always been tap into the feeling that you get. Trust your gut. Follow your intuitive, innate nature as a human being. Be kind and really think about what it is that makes you happy and go after that 100%. Don't let anything steer you off that track. Even when others doubt you or they, they have another mission for you, especially parents out there that try and mold their kids into something they don't want to be, we've got to go on our own journey. And the advice has always stayed very clear for me that I am on a mission and I have to do it for the right reason. And that's because I love it. It makes me happy and that I know I'm going to be able to improve the lives of others in the process. That's my mission. It's brilliant. It's, um, it sounds like you've got some great piece of advice over the, over the years. Um, last, I'm obviously conscious of time, Richie. I just last couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, what's next for you what's the future hold or what's on the horizon for richie norton um well it's all very exciting uh, I, I don't like to look too far ahead in the future but i've got visions to create my own space have my own compound my own facility immersed in nature where i can share all these practices and all these tools and experiences with others um that's kind of like the dream as a family home that I'll open up to friends and family and the public, you know, as, as a facility that I feel is just an extension of my, my home environment on a bigger scale in nature. Um, that's kind of been the, the, the dream for many years, but from a commercial and a business and a brand perspective, there's a lot on the, 
on the horizon. I've just taken on an agent and management to help build that space. And um, we've entertained lots of different exciting opportunities. The podcast is finally going to come to life, uh, which I'm super excited about. And also TV, radio, who knows? There's a, it's any way we can share the message and connect with other people. But I just want to make my voice louder for those that want to hear it and those that are ready to hear it and hopefully, you know, improve the lives of others, you know, as many as I can while I'm here. It sounds exciting future. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. Exciting and tiring, maybe. Yeah. I think you've got to know the balance between working hard, enjoying the process and also making sure you're resting and recovering. And, you know, I'm guilty of maybe getting that balance uneven a little bit every now and then. Yeah. Uh, last two questions, Richie. Um, one, I, I, I just a new one that's came to me and I'd like to try to ask the guests is if you could have a meal with any five people dead or alive, who would they be? <laughs> um, well, if someone's fresh in my head, David Attenborough, um, Muhammad Ali, uh, um, I kind of want to say Joe Rogan. He just yeah. fascinates me. And he's yeah. just bringing a lot of entertainment, I think, to that dinner. I'd love to see him have a chat with David Attenborough. Um, uh, Sorry, now I'm putting you on the spot there. It is. It's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Um, um, going back. Um, Three out of the five. We might leave it at that if you're stuck on it. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know I'm trying to be really loyal to the people that. Um, that I really rate incredibly highly. But I think about, you know, Laird Hamilton is is a real mentor and idol and just all around great human. I'm very lucky to call a friend and uh, he's still around. But um, I just love who he is and how he carries himself and he always infects people with his beautiful energy and his powerful insight and drive and he's, he's someone I really respect and look up to. And... Um, He's always a great dinner party guest. I should probably say his wife, Gabby Reese, as well. They're just incredible human beings, and I, I, I respect them and um, value them very highly in my in my world. And probably Jimi Hendrix, actually. I just feel like he had a lot of wisdom. Bob Marley, those two guys, I think, because I would have loved to have met those people, and uh, I just think they had a lot that they didn't get chance to share, and would have loved to understand, understood where they were coming from. So yeah, do that. Do we get them all in there? Yeah, we do. We get one more. We fill the table. The table is full. Okay, good. That'll um, be a great table. That'll be a would be, that would change, be that table would change the world. Yeah, it would. It would. If we put them in government, things would be a lot brighter, a lot more positive. Exactly. Um, Richie, is there any book recommendations you'd like to give to our listeners or I always ask the guests or podcasts or anything like that? Um, well, my buddy, again, Patrick McEwen, uh, The Auction Advantage, that was a game changer for me and I always put that in front of everyone's um, eyes. Um, let's think of the books. Um, the Power of Now. 
that was a, a great book that really changed my uh <laughs> if you can get your head around it, it's a bit of a mind bender that was pretty epic um breath by um by james nestor uh why we sleep great book great book that'll probably wake a lot of people up really important to get your head around that one and um Oh, the chimp paradox that was a mind bender that always comes to my head um what else we got what am i reading at the moment oh yeah shoe dog by phil knight brilliant story if you're into understanding how things come around but from a business mind an entrepreneur and entre entrepreneurial mind that was great so yeah, I think that's probably enough to keep people going. We'll keep people going, yeah. And I suppose this last thing, Richie, where can people stay connected with you and stay and find you? Um, I'd say at the moment the the website usually covers a lot of what's going on and connects everybody to all the other chapters of what the Strem Temple is doing. Uh, that's uh, www.thestremtemple.co.uk, and then Richie norton underscore for instagram that's where a lot of the real life live action comes from through the stories because i take people on the adventures that i go on and try to keep everyone connected and and show them behind the scenes what's going on which is usually the fun side of things um so yeah i'd say that's probably the best place to go and hang out Brilliant. Well, well, Richie, I just want to say thanks so much for giving up your time. I know you're currently away in Sweden and I really do appreciate you jumping on the podcast. My absolute pleasure, mate. It's been a great chat. I always love sharing and uh, yeah, only hope that these podcasts get more airtime and more traction and, you know, in, you know, infect other people with positivity and help them on their journey. So yeah, keep up the good work. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, my man. Take care. Okay. Cheers, bro. Take care, mate.